being in this industry, it's like my job is to give people that, give people truth, give people authenticity. I don't want to try and hide what's going on. I want to actually give people the truth and get, and take them on the ride with me. That's Elia Matani, also known as Crunk, the DJ and producer responsible for bangers like this. Elia spent much of his young adult life riding the EDM wave into a fully-fledged music career that's allowed him to live the high-energy lifestyle he loves. Enjoying years of success and good times, he got used to performing and being on the scene, getting on flights every weekend, playing at clubs and festivals all over Australia and overseas. It's been his release and his main source of connection to the fans he creates for. I think I just learned about myself that I relied on having that fun to be like that was my happiness in 2020 that's all been taken away and he's been forced to come down off that high and face all the fears and insecurities he'd always been able to distract himself from yeah i was just fed up with that feeling i just woke up the next day and was like all right i'm gonna write a list of every single thing that weighs me down or i'm not happy about this period of deep reflection has dragged Elia through some dark moments and made him question everything, but it's also ultimately made him a better man. He's sharing his story for all the other artists, doing it tough and showing that true strength comes from finding the bravery to be vulnerable. Welcome to Young Blood, a podcast all about young men's health. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our mission to talk about the stuff that matters and isn't talked about enough. Let's do it. This episode has been made possible by Kookaburra Homes, the home builder that cares about the community. Kookaburra is big on investing in projects that support mental health and is an awesome supporter of Youngblood's mission to improve the lives of young men by opening up these conversations that we need to have. When did your love of making bangers begin? Uh, I'd say around 18, about 17, 18. Um, it was back when I was actually studying music production. I fell in love with like Afrojack, Chucky, yeah. Avicii, all those guys. Yeah. And then, yeah, since then I just really got into it and just studied um, at a music production course called SAE. And that was it. I just, I think I, I kind of felt like this is something I can be good at. And I, I've got like, I felt like I've got a good ear of what I can bring to the table in terms of dance music. So that just became but it was the music that you enjoyed listening to yourself. oh for sure yeah 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 and so were you going out and, and partying at that time when you first got interested in it or was it even before that stage i was doing a few house parties and stuff like that yeah. you know when you're 16 17 you just go on a house oh, party so were you already djing or were you yeah 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 okay yeah so yeah. i started djing uh 15 i fell in love with it i was you know i did a whole bunch of sports in school soccer basketball taekwondo um, didn't really know where I wanted to go in school and after school. And I just, yeah, I fell in love with DJing and the whole art of mixing two tracks together and getting creative like that. Yeah. And then obviously the DJing led into production and then that led into like touring and all that kind of stuff. Do you remember your first set when you were a kid? Yeah. So <laughs> my first set was actually up the road. It was at a mate's house party. It was like a 16th and there was like 30 of us and you know, just get there, set up the decks. Yeah. And there was nothing formal or anything crazy about it. It was just, but to me, it was like playing in front of 50,000 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And um, after like five hours of that, I was wrecked, but I loved it, bro. It was did so you much get, fun. Did you get the rush even that first night just playing to like 30 of your friends? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because yeah. it's like you're taking requests, you're having a good time, you're having a few drinks and it's yeah. like- You're like, I'm the man. <laughs> yeah, kind of in a way. It's like I'm responsible for these guys yeah. having a good time. So yeah. I get to choose the tracks and I get to just be at the party as well. So yeah, it was good. And how did you take it further from there? Is, is there much of a, a clear path for what you need to do next? Or did you just sort of, you knew that was your passion. Yeah. You started to play more and more parties. Yeah, man. It was just like, after that, it was like, okay, practice every day after school. You know, even even through school, I'd still be, I'd have my laptop at school. And instead of everyone else studying on science or maths or whatever it was, I'd be making mixes. Yeah. And just learning and that's, how to, that's all you really wanted to do. Like you had other yeah. stuff that you had to do, but yeah. you'd always be thinking like, man, I just want to make some some tracks right now. Yeah, I, I make some stuff. did not do well at school at all. <laughs> and that's because I put my time into the music, but I just loved it, bro. And that was yeah. just, that was everything for me. So what did your uh, parents say about it at the time? Um, they were like, yeah, this is a good hobby, but you need to get a serious job. Yeah, And it was like, I was working for the family business since I was 13. So my grandfather came here, hardly any money in his pocket, started the business, raised the family. And from there, I just, yeah, I worked from the family business since I was 13 and up until about 17, 18. And then the DJing got really serious. I started getting more opportunities and that's where I was like, okay, I got to pick a yeah. pick a side here. And was that, was that tough for your family for you to choose to go that route and follow your passion and, and not follow the, the tradition or the path that was yeah. laid out for you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I had to think about it. But I just went with my gut, bro. It was like, it was just, this is what I really want to do. And if I if I fail at this, then I can always go back to the family business. It kind of was a safety net, but at the same time, I was trying to not think of it like that and just think of it in a way of it's all in or nothing. And yeah. it's like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. When did you first start playing at clubs? First club gig was actually an underage. Um, I was 16, 17. But my first residency in clubs was when I was 17 in Adelaide. Which club was that? Starbar. Yeah, it was an right. R&B joint. Um, my mate Wells ran it. And yeah, I'd be still in school and you know, at school during the week. And on the weekends, I'd be out to an 18 plus event. Just, so, so you couldn't even be in the club yet, but you'd be- No, nah, every time the cops came in, I'd have to hide around the curtains <laughs> and like get someone else to play instead of me just for a few minutes until they'd stop and walk out. And then I'd come back and That's you know, so just- you had like stuntmen. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you, so you started off playing like R&B stuff and just like whatever was popular at the time. Yeah, I was really into R&B at that time and it was an R&B club. So that was just pretty much what that was. And then I actually made my way into dance music when I did do the uh, music production course and I was getting into the whole Afro Jacobici, all those guys. Yeah. And I, I think at that time as well, a lot of the R&B guys were messing with the dance music as well and they were kind of collaborating. Especially so yeah, like trap sort of oh, yeah. fused those two together with yeah. like hip hop anyway. Yeah, like yeah. David Guetta, um, Black Eyed Peas, all those guys, LMFO. I know it's like a bit cheesy, but they did open that crossover kind yeah. of mashup. And it was really, that was the the era which is still going to an extent where EDM just really took off, took off oh, and, for took sure. over and became like the premier style of music across the world and you sort yeah. of were there at the beginning of that more or less to be able to be part of that way which is must have been like a really exciting time to be Bro, involved because it, it was exciting yeah. for me as someone who loves 
EDM anyway, just as a fan. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can't imagine how cool that would have been to for you to realize, yeah, I can actually do this and I love this and it's all taken off right now. So yeah. do you remember like the feelings that you used to have back then when you were putting tracks together and, and you were getting some feedback on them and you were like, maybe I can actually make something of this? Yeah, well, I remember not knowing a thing about music production and, and going, you need a big fancy studio to even make a song. Yeah. The possibility of even making my own song was not even in like my world of thinking. So, um, you know, thank fuck for YouTube because I seen some guys produce a track on a laptop in their home and it was just like, oh, okay, hold on. Anyone can do this. You just yeah. got to get the software and the, you know, keyboard or something. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And I just, um, became obsessed with that. And I think it was around that time when I was playing R and B, um, I still loved dance music. I still remember my mum buying me this wild CD ages ago. We had like Sandstorm, Children, yeah. <laughs> Zombie Nation, all those yeah, classics. Yeah, 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 nice. And I still had a love for dance music, but it was just like, at that time it was R&B. Hmm. And I guess, yeah, when that kind of explosion of Afrojacks, Avicii's, all those guys came through, it was like, this is a whole new energy that I want to kind of dive into. And yeah, I just, I just literally sat in my room for hours and just, learned everything there was to be learned about music production and i'm still learning now but i think you know we're getting there <laughs> what, what is it about that style of music that really speaks to you or like what kind of emotions does it elicit in you because it's not just oh yeah i like edm or like yeah i really enjoy this kind of like it's a deep burning yeah. passion for you that yeah. you've based your whole life on so like can you put into words what it means to you or, or what it inspires in you well I guess this goes back to even being younger, like being a kid listening to that CD, right? I remember going to like the aquatic center with my cousins in the car and my uncle would be driving. It would be pumping sandstorm, <laughs> yeah. right? And to us, that was like the coolest track. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think there's something about just a bit of nostalgia as well, like kind of bringing back that old feeling. You know, when like you're a child, something like a superhero or a song or something triggers like, an emotion or something mm. i feel like i kind of wanted to do that for another generation and it's like if i can do that then that's crazy right so yeah like music that reminds people of a certain time or yeah. a certain feeling yeah. and takes them back to that and it's like almost inexplicable how it makes you feel but it's more than just a song that you enjoy it's like a whole experience oh exactly yeah 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 and i that's how i feel about that kind of music and i think it must be obvious to you and must be something that you're really proud of that like you have you have become that like some of your tracks already you play them to people our age who've and and younger who've um lived through that scene for the past you know five to ten years yep. five to seven years they hear those tracks and they go straight back to the best night of their life yeah. or whatever they remember it and they exactly. remember the people that were there and like you you've done that that's that's pretty sick uh, man. thanks man i appreciate it um yeah. I guess, yeah, with HQ, like a lot of those tracks that came out around that time, it that would have been a bit of a nostalgia, yeah. a nostalgic uh, like area in people's lives where they, they'd listen back to that track. Yeah, you still then, put it on now. You can put it on, they played it at the gym or like with, yeah. your, with your mates, like a certain baseline or whatever. People still go, oh shit. Like, yeah, exactly. On, Remember man. this when you were back in the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Good times, man. That's so good. So, yeah. And then when did it really take off for you as well? Like what sort of year was that around? Because I know that the tracks that you started to have, be released was sort of around 2014 yep 
Yeah, was that when yeah. it really took off, or were you already pretty sort of solidified before then? Uh, well, the DJing took off around 17, 18. Yeah. I won my first DJ competition in Adelaide uh, when I was 17, just turning 18. And the, the what year was that? Uh, 2000 and, I don't even know, 2010? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the prize was the residency at that club. And so prior to this, I'd never really won anything in my life, right? So to enter this DJ comp, I actually, we all had like, there was like 10 or 15 DJs. We all played a 15 minute set each. And then after my set, I just went straight home. I didn't stay around for the the, the prize or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't, you weren't imagining that you were going to win. Well, not just, I felt like I'd played a good set, but it was like, I, I just want to go home. I didn't care about staying. Like, I don't know why I just went home. I should have stayed anyway, but... <laughs> Um, they called me on the way home and they go, bro, you won, you won the residency. And I was like, holy shit. Like I actually won something for the first time in my life. And, um, I was like, fuck the residency. I just feel like I can do this now. This is like, uh, maybe I'm good at this and I can just continue to do this. And yeah. so from there, um, that, ex that exact night, I got another phone call from a Matt, who is my manager right now, who lived in the Gold Coast and said, Hey man, there's an opening spot this Sunday night at a club called sin city yeah yeah and there's there. someone cancelled and um we want to get you in can you do it i said yeah cool so they flew me up i was there that, that was a thursday night so after winning this comp and then getting this offer for the gold coast it was my first interstate show um good weekend good weekend <laughs> yeah and it was just the money was good the opportunity was there and i had so much fun and i was like maybe i can be Maybe I can actually do this for a living. And I, I mean, as delusional as that was, it was like, you know what I mean? It's like as a 17-year-old or 18-year-old like, kid, it's that like- That feeling of being unstoppable. Because yeah. it's, it's all, here's, here's the proof that it can work. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. well, I've just won this and I've gotten this opportunity. Maybe I can actually make a name for myself and yeah. do some good in this industry. And so, were you crunk then? Yep. Yeah, yeah. crunk. The, the name came from when I was 15. We were just literally at lunch with my mates and we were just, what name should I do? And one of my mates is like, why don't you just do crunk? And it was, it's, I wish I had a better story, but it was just like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of cool. And we just stuck with it. And now we've just rode with it. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, cause that used to be sort of a, a saying back, back when we were kids, like getting crunk was like, yeah. you know, getting lit now. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. That's sort of what it meant. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so old now. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I gotta uh, keep it alive. And then that, especially like 2012 to sort of 2015 was just, an insane era maybe because i was so entrenched in it i think that it was like you know how old people oh, look definitely. back and they're like man back in my day like, <laughs> yeah exactly used to be crazy um yeah but that period was just nuts for for like for electronic music and for like club life here in this state and other states as well yeah um what was it like for you being a like a part of that like a regular part of that being able to be on that scene oh man it was just like it was it's an honor you know i it all happened so quickly and before I knew it, I was in it and I was just living exactly what I had in my head as a dream. And I was like, okay, I'm still in Adelaide. I may not be the biggest DJ in the world, but I'm still doing it and, yeah. and doing it for a living. So just to be a part of that whole culture was just, it's insane. 
And what was it like, like outside of playing sets in terms of the, the party lifestyle of it all? How did you navigate all that and still make sure that you could perform? Or how much were you pulled into that? Like you said, you left your DJ competition after your set. Did yeah. you used to leave after your sets or were you very much like into being on that scene? Um, no, no, I'd usually like, I love to stay back and have a few drinks and party. Like I, I love the fun of it as well. So yeah. I'm not, it's not all like uh, do my set and do business and then go. It's like, I love staying back, having drinks, yeah. watching other people play as well. And then, you know, just just enjoying the night like everyone else. Um, but I guess you do have to, you do have to balance the fun and the business. So it's like, you can drink all night, but then it's the next day. It's like, am I putting myself in the best position to yeah. get better and to work in the studio the next day? So yeah, it's kind of, I'm still working that out. I'm still trying to find that right balance of like, party f like fun and then work mm. yeah and i guess you can only learn what you can handle as you grow and as you do it yeah and you got to sure. have good people around you i imagine who understand that yeah um you know at the end of the day you've, you've got work to do and you have to get stuff done and they have to try and help you do that because i imagine there be plenty of distractions in that kind of lifestyle too well. many man yeah. yeah yeah you can get caught up easily in in the fun of it and i think yeah the ones who who know when to go home and just say, oh, I'm calling it a night are the ones that I feel have the longevity and just the ones that are serious about it. And, you know, I think, you, yeah, again, it's hard to do some nights, a very hard man. <laughs> and you know, you're right. Like you do have to test your limits. And it's like, there's been times where I have fucked up and I've, I've, you know, we've partied till, you know, six, seven in the morning. And yeah. I'm like, shit, I got to be on a flight in an hour and I've got to do this remix for this guy. And yeah. So and then you don't want to let people down. Of course not. No. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, people pay their hard-earned money to see you play. So the best thing to do is like, don't get too fucked up before you play. Be in the moment, perform your best, and then go have some fun. Yeah. And then after that, get back to work. It took you a while to learn that or perfect it anyway? Yeah, I'm still nowhere yeah. near perfection <laughs> of, of that. I can't blame you for that, man. Yeah. But you craft these tracks that you then take into these crazy environments and everyone in there is potentially having the best night of their life or certainly the best night of their week generally yeah and then your job is to make hundreds or thousands of people at nightclubs or festivals just lose their mind and remember this moment yeah and that's what you get paid to do that is insane man like it's, it's how, incredible, bro. how give us an insight of that how good that is to be up there and see people's faces and just see the euphoria and like elation on their faces and know that you are actually creating that yeah oh man it's something i can't even explain like i think the word uh like trance is is literally the only thing that's close to what the feeling would be because it's like you're in you're almost in a trance of like what even is this my whole thing is, is like, I just want everyone to have a good time. So the less people out with their phones or the less people out just staring at me, yeah. it's like, man, turn to your mate and have a like dance, like yeah, have that. a good time. You know, yeah. that, my whole thing is if I could, I'd have everyone up on stage. Yeah. Have a moment, have, like remember it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't want it to be about me, but I do want to, I do feel responsible for giving these guys a good time yeah. in terms of giving them the best music I can deliver and and mixing in the right track at the right time so then people don't get too bored yeah or don't get you know who don't lose interest in the track it's like knowing when to you feel a crowd and you go okay these guys are starting to look a bit bored right now so i'd better queue up my next track yeah mix it in before that before i lose them it's all about and that's the art 
that's the art of it, yeah. man. Yeah, and everyone, really. uh, lots of people think that oh, the DJ just stands up there with their USB mix that doesn't change and just pretends like they do stuff. But yeah, it's not the case at all. Like, well, I think you can do that, but it's like you probably won't be a long-lasting DJ. And then you can't read the crowd, and like you said, you can't make those changes if they need to be made, and yeah, make sure, sure everyone's having a good time. Like if they don't like a particular style of music, then or whatever the track is, then too yeah. bad because you can't you can't. Change oh, dude, it. yeah, that's I love having the ability to just like. I can have a song changed in the next five seconds if I wanted to. I've got all my cue points set up. I know exactly what to do at the right time. It's all prepare like preparation, and it's um, it's just reading the crowd and just going. The energy of this needs to be. You want to take them on a ride, like take them up and take yeah. them down. Yeah. But you don't want the down to be too long and boring. You don't want to be the up to be too hype because then it's like, well, there's only so much energy they have, and then they're gonna get sick of even the highs. So it's like finding that sweet spot of when this track is starting to get you know, whatever, mix it in and keep that energy going. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an art form and it's something I'm still working on, but I take it really seriously. And like, just to see the, the reaction from the crowd is just insane. It's yeah. the best. Well, it's, it's beautiful. Cause it's, that's your service. Like that's your service to other people in yeah. like such a visceral way that yep. you can see in front of you that, um, there's not many things in life that people actually remember or can look back on or, or feel such positive emotions from and you get to create that side of things I just think it's, it's crazy so yeah, yeah it's so good dude um yeah. what was your what's your schedule like normally like how often were you playing or how often are you making tracks um well during the week i'd be spending 10 to 15 hours making music and just uh, or not even making music just even downloading new music and editing tracks and mashing them up and and pretty much preparing for the weekend yeah. and and even getting my own tracks ready enough to play on the weekend. So they might only be half done, but at least I've got enough done just to slide it in my set and just yeah, see yeah. if the crowd vibes it or not. I won't say anything on the mic or I won't say anything. So I just want to see if they naturally react yeah, yeah. in a good way. And if it sounds good as well, that's a big test. So it's like you want it to sound good compared to other tracks. Yeah. So during the week, it's, it's, it's music production and it's, preparation and um that's kind of like comedians because they slip in new jokes with their material that they know works yeah yeah exactly just to like test out sort of yeah that's yeah. interesting that you do that because i haven't yeah. thought of that before yeah yeah so but it, is it pretty full-on normally like when you have performances and stuff are you pretty yeah. much on the go like, yeah all the time because you're traveling as well normally too yeah i don't find like hardly any spare time yeah. and if i do it's it's just like it's minimal it's like go to the gym or you know excuse me if i've got something on the weekend like a birthday party or whatever it is i have to really like schedule it out and just because i'm 100 percent in this mm. so to find that balance of uh you know giving other people the time of day and showing respect for them and what they've got on as well it's like that's what i've got to do as well so yeah it's just um a juggling act really you know yeah for yeah, sure yeah and yeah. You, you want to do so much with your life and you've got your relationships and everything else that um exactly you know everyone has to deal with but then you have this other aspect which requires so much of your attention and requires you to sort of live on another level as well so yeah sure but yeah and i think it's just natural as we get older there's just more balls to juggle and you want to make sure oh, yeah. that you're still giving these people time and you want to work on this other venture and it's just like yeah. man would you say you're more extroverted or introverted uh man i i think introverted but i don't know when it's like djing and and touring and stuff i feel like i'm extroverted and yeah. I, I love like i love energy of like talking to everyone and i love the energy of 
talking to fans and you know meeting people and going out and doing stuff so I, I don't know yeah i think i'm a mixture of both did you get used to it like did you get used to always being on that scene because it was quite a few years in a row before 2020 and this break yeah. that we've had like did you sort of feel like oh it's just going to keep going like this which you know yeah. probably should have yeah for sure um the traveling side of it was something i was getting really used to and i loved it but yeah i guess when this year here it's just kind of like shit this is all gone so I, i've got to just really focus on what i can control and that's basically the music and giving people like you know uh mixes and stuff like that there's nothing else i can really do so at the start of the virus where like we didn't quite know sort of how serious it was going to be and um obviously clubs and venues are still optimistic that they're going to be be open or not take it that seriously do you remember sort of how you were looking at it at the start or what you were told did you think it was going to have an effect like this uh i i think like everyone i thought it was going to be you know four or five weeks oh this is just a thing that will pass yeah because we've seen and so many other versions of it of course in the past which don't eventuate to be anywhere near like yeah what this is. and then i think like two months after that i was like all right i might not have any gigs for the rest of this year so i've got to work out how i can make a living yeah and the only way to do that really is to like I, the only way i know how to do that is to is by putting out songs and and just hoping that people like him and that will be my income for the next you know six to 12 months mm. how did you deal with coming off of that high because you, you're living on this plane where like you said you know you're going out super exciting yeah. people know who you are you're feeling this thrill of controlling this room and having all these people respond to you in a way that like you know, most people wouldn't be able to understand like the high of that and then you have to come off that to to nothing and not be able to like get your fix yeah man that was like i uh, yeah I, i've struggled in the past few months uh pretty badly um just because that was my escape that was my uh, I've, I've been locked in my studio for so long and every weekend i know i'm going to be on a plane going to another city meeting heaps of people having drinks having fun and when that gets turned off it's like where does that escape go and where does that kind of like feeling of getting out and doing stuff go so I guess like everyone else in this situation, you, you, it's not going to be the most exciting time in our lives, is it? So, well, you lose that outlet. Yeah, for sure. What effect do you feel like that that's had on you though, not being able to have that release? Uh, man, I've, I've experienced like, you know, I, to what I feel is like a deep depression and a deep uh, anxiety of, of like, what else do I do? Like I've been going so hard on this for so long yeah and working so hard and making so much progress yeah and i'm like and then it got even deeper to like what's the meaning of all this if we can't even travel and do gigs and like what am i actually doing you know what i mean so because you I, you envision that you know you make tracks a lot of the time so people can go and listen to them at the yeah. venues and whatever so if that's not there yeah you get in your own head well you know what's the point of even like making the yeah i guess the the, the the dj like the essence of a dj is to have fun bring a bring the life to the party so it's like if there's no party then yeah i guess i gotta work work something else out and that's i've i've actually overcome that by just going okay this is what it is and it's accepting what you can control accepting what you can control and going what can i do in this situation to come out even better and just go all right well maybe i need to work on myself maybe i need to spend more time with family friends and take the opportunity to do those things that i never got to do when i was traveling so 
I, there is a positive in everything, I think. So um, what what did you learn when you had that period of reflection, do you think? What did you learn about yourself and, and what, what did it do about your, your perception on life? I, I think I just learned about myself that I relied on having that fun to be like, that was my happiness. And I still found happiness in working on music and, and all that stuff. But the true happiness was when I got to actually go out and play it and be around people. Mm. And so, the, yeah, I guess when you cut that off, it's like, okay, so what's my happiness now? And my happiness, what I found was like, no, I still love doing this for a living. I still want to make music. Um, just embrace this part of the journey. This is the low part. This is the part where you can't travel, you can't do everything you want to do and just like everyone else. So it's like, okay, well just embrace this part by falling in love again with the art of the craft and like get better at that. And, and I think progress is the key because it's like, if you can wake up and get better every day at what you do, then that's like an awesome feeling, right? You've got to have a mission. You, yeah, exactly. Cause I think that, that, um depression some uh, to put a label on it that depression or feeling like you're stuck can just domino on itself to the point where um you get used to feeling that way and, and the, the idea of actually creating something or getting motivated and making something happening just gets harder and harder and further and further away for sure so you've just got to put one front one foot in front of the other even if it's only one step action leads mm. to motivation and then you end up actually slowly pulling yourself out of it how did you how did you pull yourself out of that if you if you were at a stage where you were actually feeling that dark like what steps did you take to man it'd, it'd be like there'd be a point where i'd be in my room and it'd be blacked out i didn't want to talk to anyone and i'd just i'd miss birthdays i'd miss events um you know obviously like there's restrictions to how many people can go to things these days but there were still things happening and i was like i just didn't want to see anyone i didn't want to talk to anyone and it was like why you know, and I had to ask myself, like, why am I even feeling like this? And it's, I think I just had to face every single, like, insecurity, every single uh, thing about myself that I've been putting off. And, like, because I'd be touring or because I'd be doing other stuff, I'd be brushing things off and not yeah, paying attention that, to... You had that noise where you didn't have to think about that. Right? Yeah. And so... I just, yeah, I was just fed up with that feeling. I just woke up the next day and was like, all right, I'm going to write a list of every single thing that weighs me down or I'm not happy about personally, professionally, everything. And through that, I wrote down, yeah, just a list of everything. And then I wrote like specific things and I'm like, okay, how can I'll face the problem? What is this problem? And then what can I do about it? And what can I do about it daily? And then it just be like, daily exercises like everything else and that would just help me stay on top of everything and become better and work out everything that I needed to do so I could just become the best version of myself pretty much I mean I'm still working on it it's not, I'm not like some yeah we, final, we all are man that, yeah that's I know. the point yeah no one's perfect nah. um but yeah I think I'm at a good place right now where I'm, I'm ticking things off and I'm just just being active. I think it's recognizing as well that at the end of the day, we're the only ones that can pull ourselves out of something. Oh, no sure. matter how much we've got support in our lives and people around us, or we might have uh, things to look forward to or prospects, it, it comes down to us bringing up, pulling ourselves up 
Um, yeah. And that can be really tough, especially when you're first starting to do it. And it's not about being perfect or getting to a point where, um, you know, you're, you're the master of everything and you totally know yourself, but it's just about taking that step, making sure that you're moving in the right direction. Exactly. You know, and that's all that any of us can, can really do. Yeah. How long did it take from um, making that decision? Like, you know, you're going to turn the light back, turn the lights back on and you're going to start working on this list and thinking about this stuff. How long till you actually started to like feel like yourself again? Um, well, I mean, I, I still have days where it's like, I'm a bit off, but just like everyone, you know, you have your good days, you have your bad days and, yeah. you, and you just got to accept it and go, okay, well, put things into perspe uh, perspective. A lot of people have it a lot worse than I have. And like, just kind of, it's kind of like, almost like brush yourself off and just, you'll be all right. Like people have it way worse. You're not too bad. Um, and there's another thing where it's like, stop trying to ignore things or signs or whatever it is about yourself and just face them and mm. just so it's yeah like again it's just a daily practice and um i'm still going through that but um like i think the progress is what's making me truly happy because it's like taking action is just the thing so it's like like yeah. you said well, you're, one you're, not, step. you're not running from it anymore no know? no exactly and i think that's the most important thing and it's like life tries to make us face whatever those things are you know brings it up from time to time with you know stuff that happens in our life and gives yeah. us that opportunity to actually recognize um thoughts or actions leading to a particular result and either make the change or not and um you know sometimes we can ignore it and keep living a certain way and just push it away because it's uncomfortable and it's un and it's painful to make those changes yeah but eventually we're going to have to deal with it so i guess the, yeah the beauty of this uh, for you and many of us is although it can be like super difficult and, and painful to go through what you've had to go through um it can also be the moment where you deal with those things and everything starts to change so that as things improve externally your internal world's a lot better and a lot more equipped to to cope with stuff oh yeah and then going forward also you're you're more grateful for for the life that you have and, and you actually come out of it a, a better man and a better human so. Yeah, I think being grateful is like super important. Waking up and just like just being grateful. Just think about three things at least that make that you're grateful for and just go, all right, cool. Now we can get the day started. Nothing what, like. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for a strong following, like people who love my music. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for like the relationships I have with people. Um, I'm grateful that I've I've got access to the internet where I can watch something and it can tell me something and i'm like oh shit i can feel better today because i just heard that and you know what i mean so like i'm just grateful for everything and i think it's a good way to just start your day off at least and approach everything in that like yeah if something's if something's knocking you down then just think about things you're grateful for and and you'd be amazed how much better you feel after that and it's beautiful that you can still your craft allows you to still make music right now which you can still release you yeah. can still see it have an effect not in quite yeah. the same way but you can still affect people's lives make people feel better and create at this time and that's another thing to be 100 percent, man yeah definitely yeah yeah who was there for you in this in these last few months um mainly my family my family my friends um uh, that's about it really yeah i haven't really gone anywhere but i've just you know just to have the the people around me that matter, you know, really care and, and just, 
and just go, you know, we, we support you. What is it we can do to help you get better? Mm. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like I was crying out for help or anything, but they could recognize I was off. And so I'm just grateful for that. And just, yeah, the fact that, you know, I've got a lot of people around me that are supportive. Yeah. And these sort of times show you who's actually there for you and, and who's real and who's fake. And for sure, by virtue of the kind of work you're in, you know, you would have been surrounded at times by a lot of people who were fair weather friends or, or people who were trying to potentially like leech off you for something yeah. or other. So yeah. I'm sure you know by now who's who's really there for you and who's not. And that's another thing that's, you know, good that comes out of. Oh, 100%. Like I think I think it's good to even realize now who's who likes to see you win and who who likes to support you. You can notice when, you know, even on posts or whatever it is, it's like you notice who who supports you and who throws you a message every now and then because I do it for other artists as well. It's like if they've got a new release or if they've got something coming out, it, it just takes two seconds to just go, hey, man, congrats on that or yeah, good you, work you, on that. You know what that means. Cause yeah, and, and you can see the people that are clapping for you. So it's like I think it's a good thing to, to recognize and also pay that back to other people as well because – one message can make someone's day. So, yeah. And did you get some messages at that time that really made a difference to you? Yeah. I mean, like I was already, when I did that post, um, I was already on my way out of the negative kind of world that I was in. Um, but it was just incredible to see how many friends and how much family came back and was like, shit, we didn't realize that you're going through this, but hope you're all right. Let's catch up for a coffee or something like that. So, and what has going through all this sort of showed you about mental health in general? Like you wouldn't have in the past um, considered yourself someone to be mentally ill at all. I'm not saying that you are now, mm. um, but how has it changed the way that you look at like mental health? Man, I honestly think it's like, it's everything. It's, it's the mind is just everything. A lot of people put it off and a lot of people don't, they're not self-aware. And I think self-awareness is so important and like, you know, as a guy, it's not something that you want to constantly open up about, but it's it's so important, man. It's like face what your what you fear, what your insecurities are, your flaws, like everything, and just and like the quicker you get to that, you can be a better person. And then once you're a better person, you can do better things, and you can be better for other people around you who matter. So it's like it's just the key to life. I think you got to yeah be the best version of yourself, so then you can you know live a good quality life. I guess beautifully well said um and also understand that you're a work in progress and that's okay yeah um, exactly. but you, you can't ignore stuff you can't ignore what's going on inside if you want to be effective and achieve what you want to achieve on the outside you know it's got yeah. to start from the from the inside out and it seems like you really learn that lesson which i think is going to be super valuable for for you going forward as well thanks man yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how do you feel now? Like how you you still have good days I feel and great, bad bro. days, but like yeah, yeah, bro, like everyone else, I'm not a robot, so it's like yeah. I have, yeah, you know, we all have good days, we all have bad days, and I'm noticing that my bad days aren't as long as they used to be. Mm. It's like if I get bad news or a bad email in the morning about something not going through, something I've worked on for a year. This happened recently. It's like something that I've been working on for a year. I didn't get. I got the email where it's like, nah, these guys aren't interested. in and so all that whole year's work was just like a waste. And I, you know, typically that'd be angry for like a week or so. Like, um, and so in this situation, by 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I was completely over it. I was like, cool, that's that. What else can I do to, to make? And like, why, why do you think you're able to do that now? Um, I think I've just, 
like studied a lot and just learned a lot from from like just yeah basically just watching a lot of videos and learning about how the mind works and my whole thing is sorry if you can turn like a negative into a positive then you win so that's what i'm just choosing to do is like this is a major negative but it's like if i just choose not to care about this and just move on because there's nothing i can do then that's i win so yeah, it's like you can only choose how you respond to it exactly and it sounds like you've got a much better picture of what's actually important in life and that maybe you didn't have time or didn't find the time before to really yeah think of that and, and find that out and that that can be a really tough thing to look at yourself and uh, being be vulnerable like that but it's just massively yeah. necessary for your own growth so for sure yeah yeah why do you think it's important to share this well i think there's just a lot of other people going through it and they might not know how to approach it or how to or what to do a lot of people are stuck and they're in ruts and they're just like they think that this is like this is just how i am but you don't have to be you can switch it and you can turn yourself around it's like that's what i'm learning it's like it's just how you look at things it's all like a perspective and it's like perception and yeah I, I don't know all the answers but from what what's helped me is like the way you look at things is so important and you don't have to live a shit quality life like you can actually turn things around and have a good quality life which is ultimately what we will want right and that starts with your mind you know you might not be able to change the external reality but you can always change yeah. how you think about it like no matter how hard it gets and obviously that can be really tough for some people and all of us depending on our for sure scenario yeah um, how has going through all of this influenced your music um well it's kind of interesting because in dance music like especially what i've been putting out in the past it's been very uh good uplifting life of the party style music right yeah and so now it's kind of influenced me in the way of maybe i can write some darker melodies or some or just some deeper melodies and 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 try and just mess with sounds in a way that better expresses like what i've been through yeah and also have like a i guess like you know a strong beat behind it because you still want to have people dancing and still mm. want to make people feel good mm. but i think the key to all this is it doesn't always have to be um a polished uplifting pop song or anything like that it can be something that's a bit more deeper or interesting yeah. and i guess you're making music that you want people to feel and relate to exactly and the beauty of this situation although it's so ugly and difficult is that so many millions of people get you relate to you um on this and yeah. so making music that encapsulates that people are going to feel that on a on another level and so you're able sure. to potentially increase that range that you that you've had in the past and change it up a bit but still achieve the same goal of making people feel like yeah you know, they relate to what's yeah. going on in the music exactly yeah. yeah that's cool it's exciting man because you you got all this room now to and and time still yeah to, yeah i'm just experimenting yeah like to make all this different stuff exactly so what's the way forward for you like how do you approach the next uh, the rest of the year the rest of the year yeah so. um well i'm just uh i'm i'm literally waking up and and going okay what songs haven't i finished yet yeah. what am i still working on and at times when i'm creative i'll just jump in the studio and just write ideas and just i've got a whole library of ideas i've got like probably 
200 tracks sitting on my computer right now. They're not all done, but it's like, these are just ideas and these are just quick, uh, like melodies or, or, or grooves or rhythms or whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. They're just yeah. stacked up. So I've just got a whole list of to do's and I just, yeah. I just want to get through that. And, and that's just, a good, good way to be like always having something to do and always, yeah, yeah. always something new to, new to create. Yeah, for sure. I think that just really does so much for the mind as well. Yeah, of course. Taking that action, so that's so good. Yeah. So do you feel like you're a better man now? I I think so, yeah. I definitely think so, yeah. Um, I mean, I've got a lot to go. I'm only 28, so I'm just, we're all learning, right? Yeah. I don't have yeah. anything really figured out, but um, yeah, I'd like to think so. And I think you have learned that, um, you know, you're going to be all right as long as you just, take the right steps and, yeah. and make sure you look after your inner world and put that effort in and and most importantly talk about it share it don't hold it in because that's what makes all the difference dude for sure especially because like being in this industry it's like my job is to give people that give people truth give people authenticity i don't want to try and hide what's going on i want to actually give people the truth and get and take them on the ride with me it's like if i'm going down you guys can come down and see how i'm going down but i'm not going to make people depressed or anything like that it's more so of just this is just like it's just being real man it's just being real and uh, I, I love that side of artists when you can feel like this is actually authentic yeah. it's not just like a gimmick it's not you're not trying to just get i think quick, people connect with that so much more yeah you know, rather than something they can tell is fake exactly um, and from speaking to you it's it's so obvious that you are genuinely super authentic man and can really feel that you care about what you do and what Thanks, you create man. and the people you create it for yeah and that you felt immense pain by not being able to share your gift and bring that joy yeah and um that's a beautiful thing even though it was so painful to realize that and i'm sure it's going to set you up to just bring so much more light and love to the world when we get back on track so thank you thank you for what you do man and i'll definitely see you at uh, your first setback yeah i hope so man we'll have a few drinks if you're a fan of the work we're doing or have a suggestion for the show please rate us on apple podcasts and leave a comment you can follow young blood men's health matters on facebook instagram and youtube and visit our website youngbloodmedia.com.au to stay up to date And most importantly, if this conversation resonated with you, share it with someone you love and start a conversation of your own. This is Youngblood. Thanks for being part of the mission. Catch you next time.